yeah, yeah, yeah. Making her way to the mic. They start dimming the lights. You start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home of the Teddy Longs, and the room is stutters. More once you discover. For all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers, Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers, it's Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say, look, I just found a place we'd escape. Every one of us, I was kind of late. I just made it off the struggle bus. Walking by the fake, cause I know it's right in front of us. Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the Wrestle Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast With your girl Stephanie Hardy So on this episode I have an amazing conversation with Mr. Josiah Williams, a.k.a. Wrestle and Flow, who created this theme song that you're listening to right now. We talk about his time in WWE, his faith, and his music. And we, and I'm also going to talk about what I've got cooking in the oven as far as women's wrestling talk is concerned and the Belladonna Division Genesis 2 next weekend. So sit back and listen to your favorite show, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, I have the incomparable, the super talented, and really amazing Josiah Williams, aka Wrestle and Flow. Josiah, how are you? That was too kind of an introduction, just first and foremost. But I'm doing <laughs> all right. I'm feeling good. How about you? I'm doing good. You know, just got off from work and then just finished another news thing for wrestling. So I'm doing fine. I'm just happy to be talking to you right now. The cycle I've... just continues. You get off of work and you get back to work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the life right there. So I'm going to start this interview um, how I always start my interviews. And that's asking, when did you fall in love with wrestling? I fell in love with it before I was able to watch it. Um, so at some point in the 90s, I learned what WWE was and I learned who who was it? probably Undertaker, Kane, The Rock, somebody. And I remember the interest. I remember seeing people play video games, like my cousins and stuff. And I'm like, this seems dope. Who is Kane? Like, there's so many questions. And I remember trying to bring it into my house. And my mom was like, nah, <laughs> absolutely not. That's not happening here. Um, so I fell in love with it, yeah, at some point in the 90s and then kind of forgot about it. And as I got a little older, my mom's like, yeah, you know, you can, you can watch it as long as you don't start doing some of this stuff and saying some of this stuff. Um, so I officially started watching like right after the Attitude Era, essentially. Okay. I missed a lot of the good stuff. Yeah, that's a pretty fun and interesting place to start because, you know, during the 90s, a lot of people say they start um, right in the middle of the Attitude Era or right at the beginning. And for me, I started in the midst of the Monday Night War 
and okay okay me and my dad um he and i would watch it together um at my grandma's house and at home and stuff and he would tape um both of the shows back to back raw and nitro and that's okay. and my first match was hulk hogan and goldberg at the um almost at thunderdome the georgia dome <laughs> <laughs> and um and that was and that was basically my foray into it and i was like four years old and wow. when i was a child i wanted to be a nitro girl because every time they would come on tv i would dance with them so oh nice okay yeah okay. it was kind of a thing <laughs> so ever <laughs> since then i've just been into it and there was a point where i did stop but then i started back again around 2002 which was kind okay. of like ruthless aggression era so that's you know a really yeah. great place to start back so that's yeah. interesting you said your mom you know wasn't really you know gung-ho about you watching it like was there a specific reason why i mean I grew up in a household that was like, first of all, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a minister's kid, so that probably says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we watched <laughs> we watched PBS as a family. We watched Magic School Bus. She's like Monday Night Who? Nah, nah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fine, because I watch PBS, too. I'm a PBS kid. (laughs) It is okay. I mean, I love... Now, my parents weren't ministers or anything like that, but PBS was a cool channel. Like, Arthur... Oh, yeah. You know, Between the Lions and all of that, those were my shows, you know, to day. Like, I have very fond memories of PBS, so... I, totally I still feel weird about Arthur being canceled, not canceled, but you know, ending. Oh my God, what, me too. Yeah. Um, it has one of the best theme songs of all time. All time. <laughs> all time. Like seriously. Like if you hear it, it just warms your soul every time you hear it. But we'll talk yep. more about theme songs a little bit later. So exactly, <laughs> did you fall in love with hip hop though, um, and music? Period. But definitely hip hop. Um, <laughs> so I grew up a fan of actually pop music. I remember my first, like, as a, as my own self and not like what my mom and then listened to. For that, it was mostly R&B, gospel, et cetera. But I remember for myself, I just, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, just gravitated to both, especially Backstreet Boys, right? And uh, so, we lived in a few different places in Milwaukee. Um, and then we moved when I was about six or seven. And uh, I clearly remember hearing that juvenile song. Like, <laughs> that juvenile song. And something about the 99 and the 2000. At that point in my life, I said, well, what do we have over here? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So, but after that, what? That comes in with the, the four or five second mark of that song. Cash Money Records. I said, excuse me? Well, I need to know a little bit about what's going on. So that was, that's really what it was for me. And I, I can't make that up. That's a legit what it was for me. Not saying that I didn't hear hip hop before that, but it was like, this was the first thing that made me really take it in in my own. And <laughs> I don't know, I can't tell you, but young Josiah Williams was like, girl, you look good. 
<laughs> That's a pretty fun way and a pretty amazing story um, as to how hip hop came into your life. Um, yeah. See, my story is a little bit is a little bit crazier because since I was raised um, also with my grandparents. Um, my grandparents and also my parents really didn't listen to a whole lot of hip hop. And then right, when I was in the car with my mom and my grandparents, they played a lot of gospel um, because I guess they didn't want me to be, you know, fully exposed to everything. So, <laughs> so for a long time, all I listened to was gospel and Disney soundtracks. And it wasn't <laughs> until way later where I experienced hip hop and all of that. And the first you know, exposure I had to hip hop, this is gonna sound real funny, but it was um, the Dexter's Laboratory album where they had hip hop music on there. Really? And, okay. Yeah. Like that was a real thing. And I'm not sure, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people even remember that or even know that, but Dexter's Laboratory had, cause Cartoon Network had like these segments that they would show in between commercials where they do music videos with different genres of music. And right. they would come on and then I remember Will I Am was on the TV and he started rapping this song said, I got a secret, secret formula. It's a little bit of hot and a little bit of ho. And I was like, whoa. Hey. You know, and I remember loving that so much that I think I made my dad buy me the CD and I still have the CD, I think. And I had, and I would wow. listen to it in my Hello Kitty radio. And that was really the first um, time I ever really experienced, you know, <laughs> hip hop. And it was really clean. It was squeaky clean. And I remember Coolio was on the album and a whole bunch of other people. But yeah, that was really the first time I ever experienced hip hop like that. But, you know, of course, I've realized way later that it's so much more and it's so much more vast and it gets bigger and bigger <laughs> but yes. i that's you know that's kind of started what it was and then it was also outcast too that kind of did it for me outcast okay um that sort of did it for me as well the older i got so yeah that's yeah, my story yeah. with it but i'm still finding out stuff about hip-hop each and every day because i didn't start off with it you know so everything is new <laughs> to me yep. almost every day so it's fun though because you always learn so i love yeah. i love that but i definitely love gospel and r&b definitely that was yeah. the first two no you actually i mean what you said of you you learn something kind of almost every day is how i feel especially i mean in both areas of wrestling of, of music just entertainment as a whole i had even when i wasn't kind of like I guess, what, what word would that be? Protected by my parents. You know, when I finally started to get into things on my own, it was really like, I find a, a, a solid little group of things that I stick with it. So there are still times where it's like, all right, I gotta go back and I gotta watch this, or I gotta listen to this, or I gotta see this, or there's so much. Movies, everything, yeah. Yeah, and even then, even with gospel, that had hip hop in it too, because Kirk Franklin was all I listened to as a oh, child. Yeah. And so I had no clue if that was what he was doing in terms of rapping. I just thought that was just him just being this cool dude talking about Jesus all the time. <laughs> and That's that, actually you know, a good example. I like that. Yeah. And so, but then the older you get and the more exposed you are to hip hop, the more you realize, you know, all of it sort of influences everything. 
you know, even, you know, the Christian thing. So it was, that's just, you know, an amazing thing. So had you always had an artistic and musical flair, you know, growing up? And did you also have a support system with that once you realized that was your gift? Always. So I didn't even really realize um, how much of it was embedded in my life. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Um, when I look back at baby pictures of, you know, two years old, I have a microphone in my hand, um, listening to music and the schools that I went to for both, you know, basically kindergarten all the way through eighth grade, they were arts-based schools. So music, dance, theater, uh, painting, like visual art, that everything was embedded into my school life from, you know, an early age. Um, and I think that was very intentional with my mom, too, of realizing the things that I would do at home and, and my interests. It's like, all right, we want him to be smart, but we want him to express himself at the same time. So a big shout out and huge credit, of course, to my mother for, for putting me in those schools. Because without that, I don't know where I would be. Okay, so it seems like, you know, you had a great support system in that um, type of um thing and that's really great because some families you know are kind of hesitant to let their children sort of participate in the arts because they feel like oh there's no future in that and you're not going to get a job and it's not the most practical choice and all that other stuff but you know if you're able to express yourself artistically then that opens the doors for a lot of different things because everyone you know doesn't necessarily have the whole math and science type stem type brain so I find me neither, not at all. So <laughs> like, so it's just um, when it comes to, to exposure to the arts and humanities, I feel like it's really important um, to help that shape a child because that could, you know, make the difference for them. It could expose them to more um, stuff outside of what they're surrounded by. It can give them an outlet to express their you know, emotions or their feelings, and it can keep them out of trouble, too. So I'm really glad that you um, had that exposure. I had that exposure, too, because when I was in school, I took ballet in kindergarten. I took, yeah, I also took hip hop, you know, in middle school, hip hop dance. And I sang in the choir a lot and at church and everything. So and I got my Bachelor of Arts degree in music, too. So I sing um, a little bit. But, you know, that's basically, you know, kind of like my uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, the way you're looking you write that like, down yeah <laughs> uh, people always do that and I just get kind of uneasy like oh god <laughs> uh. should I have okay. said that but yeah uh, 
Uh, I'll just be sending a, a few emails after uh, this conversation, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that we'll later. get to that. So, <laughs> what were some of your greatest challenges in pursuing, you know, your music career? Um, it's a really good question. I think a part of it was humbling myself and uh, understanding that as I was getting into it, I'm one of those people who, when I get into something, I'm more ambitious than tactical. Um, so, and what I mean by that is, I think I was kind of upset in the beginning of like, man, I worked so hard on this stuff. This is like, you know, at college early, early on. Um, I get so, I get so stuck on things that when I would, when I would get criticism, I would take it personally. Um, or thinking like, oh man, I'm, I'm popular. So people should be listening to my music. People should be loving and supporting and buying and, um, it was, it, I, I had a few of those moments in my life, middle school, high school, college. And I think that was one of the biggest challenges of just take your time, learn, get better and improve and, and be committed to um, just taking advice from people. And once I, once I really understood that, that really helped shape who I became as an artist and not just by making music, but listening to the production, um, the writing process, the recording process, the artistry outside of the artistry, you know, with the with the cover art and all that. There's so much that goes into it. Um, but you just have to be willing to be patient and you have to be humble in the midst of all of it. So I would say that. Yeah, those are good lessons to learn because even though, I know even with me and my podcasting, it's like, you have to understand that it's a marathon and not a sprint. That's something um, I've taken from Nipsey Hussle and my boyfriend because he says it all the time. Like, yeah. it's a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint. Like, it's okay. Just keep working. And But yep. I'm finding that having patience and putting the work in does reap its benefits even when you're just starting like you're there's always a lesson to learn and there's always ways for you to get better and you can still enjoy the journey as well so that's pretty good that you're act that you were actually able to sort of take that with you in terms of your music career because sometimes I find depending on who's you know telling the story from their experience it can be very ego driven but then once you're able to yeah. sort of take yourself out of it you know, take you out of it and realize that it's a lot deeper than that, then you're able to sort of, you know, fly and succeed while still going on the journey. So that's really great. So um, in following you um, on Instagram and on YouTube these past few years um, and on Twitter as well, I have seen that you are a man of faith and you also mentioned that, you know, you come from a minister's family. So how does your faith sort of motivate you to keep going in life? It's everything. Um, 100%. I, so yeah, I grew up in a, in a household where mom was preaching on Sundays sometimes or on maybe even different days of the week. And as I got into, um, late middle school a little bit of early high school i kind of like drifted away from that not saying that i stopped believing it was just that's that's your whole life that's everything in life at that point um and as a teenager you start to realize like man i'm tired of going to church <laughs> like i'm tired of church so there were a few of those moments of, of 
just having to refine my faith after a while. And I think late high school and a few different moments through college and especially my, my senior year in college is when I really understood um, just God's love and, and what God represents and what this earth is and why I'm here. And uh, I think, so when I was in college, I started to do just like hip hop and R&B. So, and it was fun, it was cool. I had a lot of really good opportunities that came out of it, opened up for a few artists, it was really fun. But I felt like I could have been doing more. And I felt like my artistry, it's art, it's cool, but what is the meaning behind it? And what am I really trying to, to showcase? So I switched over from hip hop to Christian hip hop, which gave me a focus. And it was something that it's like, if I'm living as this on a day-to-day -day anyway, then why am I not putting it into my art? Um, and that's a big part of why, you know, I, I, I don't I don't have a a stage name. It's just Josiah Williams. So if this is who I am and if my art is a reflection of who I am, I don't I don't want a gimmick. Um, I just want to present it as as that. And if my faith is a big part of who I am, then I need to showcase that. So faith is huge. And I think it's just kind of like you said earlier, you continue to learn and you continue to grow every day is a is a new day with God every day is a new day in your in my walk with Jesus. So it's like put that into the art, put that into the tweets, put that into the posts, put it everywhere. Yeah, and I appreciate that because I'm a woman of faith as well. So it's just um in my walk, um my in my family, you know, I have a few ministers, but for the most part it was just my grandma who was taking me to church all the time. And um, as I got older, you know, I always felt that God was always there. But then the older you get and the harder life tends to get, the more you realize, <laughs> the more you realize that a lot of it that you are really going to need him. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as I go through um, life and everything that I try to do, I always try to ask him first because yeah. I can't yeah. do anything like I can't, you know, make it without him that's just how i feel um i have to ask him about everything even the most mundane things and even the bigger things you know and i just ask him you know to protect me as i go and to just continue to you know bless me and just thanking him all the, always you know for everything that he's done and for protecting me from a lot of a lot of things because I've been through a lot as we all do in life, but I feel like mm -hmm. I would I would not have been able to come out on the other side as I am, you know, today if it weren't for him. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even down to this podcast and the mission of the podcast as well, just to be more positive and to give more of a chill atmosphere and stuff like that. Like that, you know, my spirituality also goes into that as well because I feel like you can't there's a way that you can talk about things without being so ah all the time and being so aggressive all the time. So a lot of that with with that comes a level of peace. So yeah, yeah, what I try um, to put forth as well. And I admire you for doing that. Even with your larger platform, when you were with WWE, you still did that. And I greatly admire you for that. You never stopped that. You stayed consistent, and I really well admire that. Thank you. And that was that was intentional um, because I noticed, I mean, just like when you go to any job, right, there, there are always going to be things that stress you out. We, as the outside now looking in, 
we see how stressful it is for for the world of entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. So I'm like, all right, if I can contribute in different ways, not just through music, not just through announcing or you know being on air, but like sometimes people at work and people at home just need encouragement. And if they're not getting it, who knows where they're getting it from? Maybe they're not getting it at all. A a tweet encouraging people or a song that encourages people or me retweeting somebody else's encouraging messages like you never know what people are dealing with and if you have that platform to just to showcase a different side of the world and a different uh viewpoint than what most people are just controversy and struggle and and that stuff takes away mentally like give people something to hope for and give people different messages um just to be able to connect with so yeah most definitely. So when did you decide to combine your love of music and your love of performing with wrestling? And when did you exactly come up with the term wrestle and flow and decide to make that into a thing? Because that's where um, everyone sort of first saw you and sort of started going viral and stuff. And I was just like, who is this guy? What? How did that happen? <laughs> so in general, I thought of the idea of like remixing theme songs a while ago, well before Wrestling Flow, of just something that I wanted to do for fun and put on YouTube. And I never really got to it. Um, I knew I was not the first one. I didn't really know who else was doing it. I knew it was a thing because of like, you know, the Aggression album and other people who just like put stuff out there. Um, but, I don't know, it, it was an idea that I had for a while and I just never really did anything with it. Initially, it was going to be kind of like a, a video mixtape where I take seven people and make a song for them, make it, you know, whatever, drop it as a mixtape and then come back a year or two later or something like that. And there was one day, it was right after I had just finished um, an album or like a tour or something, whatever it was. And I'm like, all right, I need to be stressed. I need to find something else to, to create that's not the structure of a Christian hip hop album right now. I can't do it. Um, so I remembered the idea of just remixing theme songs. And uh, I started playing around with AJ Styles theme song. I started playing around with the Usos, with Carmella. And I, you know, I recorded AJ's. I never used it, I didn't like it. I couldn't come up with anything for the Usos. Couldn't come up with anything for Carmella. And then I started watching NXT. And the Undisputed Era pops up and I'm like, I have so much to say about this whole situation right now. <laughs> um, so I, I recorded that. And then I also just playing around, did one for the Gorillas of Destiny, New Japan at the time. Well, I mean, still. Um, and just put it on YouTube. I didn't think of anything. I just I just tried to put it on YouTube. I at some point came up with the idea of wrestling flow. Well, obviously a play on hustle and flow. Um and within minutes it was it people saw it and it was scary. It was very, very, very crazy. Um I tell people all the time, you know, I decided to randomly post it post it at eleven AM on a Friday or whatever day it was. And uh, within seven minutes, Roderick Strong saw it. Within 11 minutes, 
Adam Cole saw it. Within a couple hours, Kyle O'Reilly saw it. Within a few hours after that, Bobby Fish saw it. And then within, by, by that night, this is all within the span of one day. That night, I got, or no, 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 no. It was either that night or the next day. I got a message from the person who would end up becoming my supervisor at WWE. And he's just like, hey, this is really cool. I like that. Um, would you want us to, we would love to give you some merch to wear in your videos. Cause I don't remember what I wore for the Undisputed Era video, but it was either, it wasn't an Undisputed Era shirt. I didn't own one. Um, and it also wasn't like a black and yellow anything. It was probably just like a WWE logo or just a black and white. I don't remember what it was, mm -hmm. but he's like, if you're gonna be doing these videos, then wear some of the merch for free. Um, and I was like, cool. He said, we'll set up a call. That call happened and it's like, I was just expecting to just give him my address and you know, we can talk about WWE shop. But he's like, well, what do you wanna do? What are your goals? What are your dreams? Um, either in wrestling or just kind of in life. And uh, that call led to a Monday Night Raw and then NXT and then a year later, obviously being in WWE. But it was just to specifically answer the question. It was just a random idea of wanting to do something that brought all this stuff together. But it was just stress-free. I didn't want to be stressed out. <laughs> That's what it was. See, the first time I noticed you, it was on Facebook because I was in a Facebook group um, involving wrestling. And then someone, I believe the first one I saw of you was when you, you I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I think you did Samoa Joe. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the first one I had ever seen. And I just remember looking like, this dude really made a rap song to go with his theme. That's the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen, you know? And ever since then, I was just like, man, like, I hope he... Now, I didn't know what was in the works at that point because I didn't even know you had even done one previously or done, you know, one for it on the Undisputed Era. But at that point, I was just like, you know what? I hope that he goes somewhere with this and it's cool. And I just remember thinking that, you know, and then I found you on YouTube and found you on social media. And then I just been, I had just been following you ever since. And I loved how passionate you seemed about, you know, I could tell that you were really passionate about what you were rapping about because you were rapping about them as in terms of their characters. But then there's also the fact that I love wrestling themes so much that it felt so cool to see someone, you know, sort of combine all of their rap skills with wrestling themes that I listened to or I may or may not have listened to before and never really paid that much attention to before. So I thought that was just the coolest thing ever, like when I saw that. And so to see you go on and become a part of, you know, WWE, that just made me even happier because I'm just like, oh my God, he's doing the thing. Like, this is great. Like, <laughs> you know, he's going to perform and this is going to be it. <laughs> and this is going to be great, you know? And that's just how I felt about it. I was just so happy about it. So what are some of your favorite you. wrestling themes, you know, personally? Um, At the top of the list is Broken Dreams, Drew McIntyre. Mm -hmm. That is just such a... I remember the moment when that song debuted and I was like, just a 
savage on the internet trying to find it. Where is it? Where can I find it? Mm -hmm. And they, they knew what they were doing. It took like months for that song to come out. Um, I think it's a I think it's a perfect sound. I think it's perfect for his kind of like slow methodical entrance at that time. Um, I think it just represented him as a character very well. The same with voices, Randy Orton. Um, uh, the same with Evolution. The the fact that that was just another really 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 good theme song. Batista's was great. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a good point too. Of like, that was really, wrestling was really my introduction into rock. I wasn't listening to any type of rock or metal or anything like that. Yeah, me too. Still don't really. Um, but it was a different side of, of music and you're attaching it to these characters. I grew up a theater student. So I see like you're, you're piecing together characters and telling a story through music and through the entrance. Um, so yeah, there were, I mean, shoot, I can give you a list of, of so many, but those are the, the few that, that come to mind immediately that from the beginning until now, uh, I just immediately fell in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, wrestling was sort of my introduction into rock as well. So it's just, it's so funny that I feel like I never would have liked Godsmack or any other <laughs> rock band came that came out during that time if it were not for wrestling at all. Um, mm. And I, I'm going to actually say some of my favorite wrestling themes because I don't think I've ever said this on my show. So okay. Um, okay. some of my favorite wrestling themes, I loved China's wrestling theme. Don't treat me like a okay. woman. You know, just treat me for who and what I am. That is my song. Um, and I really love... Yeah. Um, Shawn Michaels, his I love his name. Um, that is the coolest. Classic. Yes, and I love Triple H's theme, and I also definitely love the Evolution theme. Like those are two of my favorite, and I actually came to appreciate Motorhead because of that. Um, yeah. And right now, I really love the Usos theme song because it's just like every time they come out, it's just so hard. Like it's just it just goes so hard for no reason at all. Uh, it just fits them and who they are. It's just like yes, perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's that another good example, man. Yeah. When that first hits, it was like <laughs> they got a new theme. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, and it's that not that great. their first theme was bad because their first theme was really cool too, where they did the haka. You know, mm -hmm. before yep. and then the song would come out, you know, and then they would say, I'm on top, and then da, 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 they say it's out of my reach, it's so close. Yeah, like I liked that song, but I really love yeah. the song that they have now because it just hits every time you hear it. Um, mm -hmm. And plus, they have sibling power, and I just, you know, I love the whole sibling thing because I have a sister, so. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> shout out to her. But yeah, like those <laughs> are a couple of my favorite themes, and I love the New Day theme as well because, I mean, that's just 90s gospel music at its finest right there. <laughs> like, that's really all the New Day theme is. It's just anything that Kurt Franklin would have made in the 90s. That's right. just what it sounds like. So Everybody put your hands together. Yes. <laughs> that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. And I just love it so, so deeply. So it's my dream that one day Kirk Franklin will actually do an entrance with them. That's my yes. dream. It has to happen. It has to happen. It just has to. Like, if, if they ever hear this or see this, they must know 
that I want this to happen. Them and Kirk Franklin and a choir or a praise team do <laughs> do come out in WrestleMania and do a thing, please. Or yep, at any big yep. four and do a thing. That would make me so happy. We've had Yolanda Adams. We can get Kirk Franklin. Okay. Um <laughs> So you did mention that the Undisputed Era did um see your Undisputed Era rap. So that basically answers one of the questions that I have for you. So what other wrestlers actually meant, actually saw or noticed you, you know, as you were rising with the Wrestling Flow channel and everything? There were, there were quite a lot. Um, I mean, al almost everyone. There were a few, like, I don't know if, well, Bailey did, it was just later on in life, um, saw hers. She when I met her, Sasha was like, yeah, this is the guy who remixed my theme song. She was like, why didn't you remix mine? I was like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't mean to put you, you know, but I, I did do it. Uh, I'll send it to you or something. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Shinsuke, I think he eventually saw his, but um, yeah, there were there were a few people that 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 didn't respond uh, which i wasn't doing it for the for the purpose of them to like you know say it as i started to see that they were responding to it it was like oh that's cool um you know hopefully they they do but yeah a lot of people i think the people that really really gravitated towards it you know matt riddle uh sent me a few messages adam cole sent me a few messages after his um jinder mahal was very 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 excited about it um yeah, there were, there were a bunch of people. When I finally met Tamatanga, he was like, "Oh, you're the dude!" <laughs> like I remember you from the video. Like there were a lot of those those, those cool moments. Um, and then a, a fun one uh, when I finally started, you know, working at the performance center. Sami Zayn was there at a time where he was trying to get clear, and he walked up and he's like, "Yo, I just have to tell you that Beautiful Black, the one you did for Black History Month, is one of my favorite pieces of content on the internet." And I was like, "What? That's crazy!" Um, and he just he just sat there and talked about like the importance of, of of Black History Month, but even outside of the month of February, just what we mean to wrestling and what a song like that meant. And I was like, "That's." That's what this is for, having these conversations like that. Um, so yeah, there were there were a lot of people who were, who were uh, excited. I don't have the li I don't remember them all, but uh, mm -hmm. there were a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, my it's so funny that you said that Sami Zayn said that to you, and I think that's amazing. Um, which makes me feel that Sami Zayn really is as amazing as people say he is. Um, oh yeah. Like my favorite song that you ever did was the one you did for bianca belair this year like oh yeah this yeah. one's for the est that one <laughs> like that i listened to that one to gas me up and it's not even <laughs> like oh my god like because i love bianca belair and it's just and you had and you had made a song about her before but that one coming out after she had won the Royal Rumble and headed into WrestleMania. That one just touched my soul on such a deep level. Like that is my favorite one of yours ever. Like that's the one. Like, oh my Thank God. You. Because it just fits her and everything that she is and everything she stands for. And 
you know, and I was just, it was just really emotional for me to sort of watch her rise and to see everything she's done. And your song just kind of just did it. And then along with the video package that they put together with it, it was just inspirational too. So it was just like, man, this is like, that is my absolute favorite one that I yeah. love from you is that one. Cause it, it makes me feel good. And I'm not even Bianca. <laughs> I'm not even her. <laughs> but so the, the story behind very quick story behind that one you know i did something for uh survivor series once i did something for uh whatever different takeovers and we did one for the slammy awards and they were like so what are you gonna do for wrestlemania like, i have no idea i'll figure out something and when that match ended I knew the, when the Royal Rumble match ended, I knew immediately what I needed to do and what I wanted to do. Um, so I, I recorded the song. I started getting all the clips for the video, started piecing it together. There were so many moments where I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> just like yes. boo-hoo crying. Um, that's one of the, there aren't many things that I, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things that I miss about being at WWE, but having access to a lot of the NXT, you know, files of like being able to go back to 2017 and get this specific clip or get that specific clip there were so many things that i was able to get that i wouldn't just be able to just pull from youtube you know what i mean um so there were a lot of those moments and and there were so much that i left out but piecing those things together to, to tell the story through the video was like that was that was one of my favorite ones to to work on as well and uh I left some hidden messages in the video too, and I don't, I've never explained this ever, but I used a kind of like a computer decoding theme for the video. So there are certain parts where if you pause it, there will be quotes from Bianca. There will be things that Tez has said to her um, as Montez Ford and also as his, you know, himself. Um, there are quotes from, I think, Viola Davis. There are a few other people that like, things that she was represent or that influenced her during that time that I just dropped in there at like little one second intervals and things like that. Um, that was that was one of my favorite pieces to to create. See, knowing that you even did all of that aside from just doing the song just makes it mean even more. And now it makes me want to just go back and watch it again. Um, <laughs> and pause it at all those moments. <laughs> yes, like, cause I've seen some of them, you know, sort of down below. And I was just like, oh man, there's quotes there and I think I need to read, but I want to hear, hear the rest of the song. <laughs> but now I'm going to go back and see that um, and watch yeah. that purposefully now. So you mentioned your work with WWE and doing, you know, songs with them and even doing videos with them. Like, what was that experience even like? Like, in terms of working for WWE and just, you know, what lessons did you learn? And, you know, what would you take from that whole experience? Oh, uh, man. To be ready for anything, any anything can happen. Um, every day was different, especially working at the Performance Center you know where nxt is essentially housed out of it's there's there's so much every single day that changes um within that building especially before you know COVID and everything mm -hmm. um a good example is the the story of how the cameron grimes track came together of just like getting a call from road dog and saying hey we're gonna do this thing just for fun do you want to you know can you come up with something like being ready 
for any and all tasks. Um, and it was unreal. I mean, you know, I remember walking through the first day and like, I'm trying to be professional. I'm just saying hello to everybody, but inside I'm like doing this, like what is going on? Um, but realizing that, you know, there are people just like everybody else. They play a character on television, but they're still people. Um, and uh, that now, you know, I'm not, at, I'm not at home just coming up with content. I can actually ask Santos Escobar, like what this, what this word would mean if I threw it in there or like, you know, uh, what things he would want me to add to his song or there's so much that goes into being there. Um, and I would just, even just thinking about it right now, I still get goosebumps and I'm not even employed. <laughs> like, I still get goosebumps thinking about being around, you know, all those amazing, amazing people. Um, yeah, it was a great time, a very great time. Right. And I'm glad that you even had that experience. Like, cause I know even, cause I know sometimes it can be kind of unreal whenever you're working anything in wrestling. Cause I'm just starting myself. And even in the Indies, you have those moments. Cause I remember down here in Alabama, um, we've started, there's a all female um, promotion called the Belladonna division that just started okay. this year. And I'm a commentator for it. And oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And when I met um, Jazz, because she was on her, um, she's on her retirement tour this year. And when I met Jazz, when I told you I was trying my best to be professional and asking her (laughs) what she wanted me to, what she wanted me to say about her and everything. But in my soul, like once I finally got home and just got to sit down, I had so much energy flowing through my body that I couldn't even really see. (laughs) Because I was just so excited that I was even back there, not even just with her, but with so many women, you know, who travel day in and day out and wrestle all the time, you know, and then yeah. they make room for it. You know, they have regular jobs, but they're also making room for their wrestling careers. And it is just the most beautiful thing. And when you're back there with them, you're just like, man, like I'm back here with these superheroes, you know, asking them, you know, being as professional as possible. But then in your head, you're just like, ah, you're freaking out. <laughs> So I know exactly kind of how you feel. Like, it's just kind of like when you're a fan and you're just at a meet and greet and you're trying to maintain your cool, but screaming inside. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing like it. There's nothing that compares. It's just, he's right there. She's right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, I know one of my wishes for you was that um, one day that you would perform at a WrestleMania um that's something that I would I was manifesting in my soul whenever I remember when I started manifesting it was when you performed with Adam Cole at um TakeOver 25 and you came out there and you were spitting all that hot fire at the Undisputed Era State <laughs> and Adam Cole is like yup it's me it's me and I'm just like look if y'all don't put him on Wrestlemania put him on Wrestlemania do it like just yeah. have him perform with somebody and just make it happen <laughs> and listen to me i am ready ready yes yes so i mean the the sky's the limit like there's nothing i feel like there that anything is possible so mm-hmm. i'm still manifesting that for you even now so hey i mean 
you just never know. So I'm really happy that you had that experience and that type of exposure. Even with doing Cameron Grimes' song, even now when he comes out, you know, and hearing your voice, you know, there, it still blesses me. So I'm just, I'm excited, you know, for your future. So something, (laughs) yes, something that I do want to ask you is, wrestling is sort of having this beautiful moment with hip-hop that they're having you know with their little sporadic moments with different rappers and stuff like last weekend (laughs) you saw bianca belair um the smackdown women's champion taking pictures with megan the stallion at Lollapalooza. yeah you had them performing (laughs) at rolling loud um on the stage um and then you also have Snoop Dogg making his little sporadic appearances, even in AEW and WWE and just doing everything. Um, So how do you feel about the, and then you had Bad Bunny this year, you know, at WrestleMania as well, even participating as a wrestler. Like, how do you feel about the seeming budding relationship between hip hop and wrestling now? It's time. It's, it's long overdue. And I mean, there was a time early in the 2000s where, you know, there was some crossover. 3-6 Mafia performed on like SmackDown or something back in the day, but you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there, there is kind of that gap. And especially, you know, understanding that NXT was birthed to be kind of like the underground metal nightclub that Triple H envisioned it to be and still probably does envision it to be. Um, but there's a lot of elements to that, right? Like not everyone is represented by by metal. And you know, if I if if I stand there and I'm doing this metal track, yeah, it's cool and it'll work and I'll, I'll try to make it work at least. But um, there's there's a different type of music I feel like that that represents us and speaks to us. And um, being able to kind of see that, not just with the guests that come in, of you know. Like you said, Bad Bunny, there was a potentially a, a, a Cardi B, you know, cameo, you know, we sweep. There's so much I can go into that, but even just the characters on television, Hit Row is a thing right yes. now. You know, Max Caster is a thing right now. Um, so there's so much I feel like that we're able to see within the world of, of wrestling, but within the world of hip hop inside of it. Um, the fact that Wale Mania is one of the biggest and most sought after events, WrestleMania weekend is huge. You know, that's 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 amazing. Um, so yeah, to see it, to see it in, in and not just in WWE, but across all companies, to see it in AEW, to see it um, everywhere is, is is beautiful. And I only hope that it that it continues to grow. I would not have expected for them to say, "Hey, we're going to be doing." a women's title match at Rolling Loud. Like that's that's not something that you can even think of, uh, you know, and to see stuff like that happening is amazing. So I just hope it continues to grow. And I'm not even gonna say hope, I, I do believe that, that it will continue to grow from a on-screen perspective, um, from a behind the scenes view, from, you know, fans at home, uh, and from artists who are also, you know, I tell people all the time, I am not the only one. I was not the first one to remix a theme song. There are plenty of people out there. Um, 
but it all just continues to push forward this culture of hip hop and professional wrestling. So it's it's dope. That's the answer. It's just it's dope to see. It really is. And I just remember at the beginning of the year, you know, when I was doing um, certain episodes of my podcast, I could sort of see it happening, but I didn't foresee all of this. But a part of me was like, bro, it would be so cool if they had an era just like wrestling and rock and roll did in the 80s. And it seems like more and more as the year progresses, it just keeps happening. And it just excites me so much because now I'm more so into hip hop than I ever was. And to see all of these, you know, tie-ins with wrestling, it just makes me so happy. And it just, and it invites other people in who probably never would have watched wrestling otherwise, you know, because, you know, once you combine those two things, a hip hop head who's never watched wrestling would probably give wrestling a chance because of that. And a wrestling fan who's never given hip hop a chance would probably go into that as well. Because I know earlier this week when Ryan Satin um, did his out of character um, interview with Bianca Belair, he was talking about how he had never really heard of Sweetie until Bianca Belair told him about it. Yeah, and he said he had actually went and listened to her music and realized, you know, that she was actually really cool that way. And Bianca herself talked about how she would love if, you know, a wrestling event would take place, you know, at Essence Fest. And I I just thought that was the coolest idea ever because, I mean, the Essence Festival? Like an all-female event? To me, I took it a step further and I was like, well, what if there was an all-female event at Essence Fest? That would be fire. That would would be be fire. That would be amazing. So I'm really happy that this, you know, um, marriage, hopefully, between um, hip hop and wrestling just stays together and it just continues to flourish and grow. Like, it's just been beautiful. And I feel like you're a part of that. You know, you are a part of the reason why it's happening. And I will say that, you know, and die on that hill. Not literally. (laughs) Yeah, I'll die on that hill. That you're a part of the reason why that's happening. And I'm really glad that's happening. So I want to yeah, ask. Yeah, I want to ask you, who are your top five rappers? <sighs> I don't know. I can <laughs> tell you this. I can tell you this for a fact. Um, Black Thought is in it. Of uh, 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 the roots, Black yeah. Thought is in it. Um, Andy Minio, Christian rapper, is in it for me. I'm just going off of what I like personally, pretty much. I never get into the, well, are you saying that this person is better than that? I don't know about, you know, I don't know about top five. I'll give you my favorite five at least. Okay, that works. Um, Black Thought. Uh, Toby Wigwe is in that. Like, and he's not number five. And that's all I know. (laughs) Like, Black Thought, Toby, Andy. Um, dang, see, this is where it gets difficult because now, after this, I'm gonna be thinking about me. I should have said this person, I should have said that person. Um, then I get some love too. There is a uh, there is a rapper named uh, Brittany Carter who I believe is still independent right now, but I think she will be the queen of rap music very soon like she's just if you don't i'm 
if you don't know Brittany Carter, I'm gonna personally send you her link and just like, just watch this freestyle, watch this freestyle, and then listen to the projects. Like, I'm, she's amazing. She's 100% amazing. Um, yeah. And then I'm just gonna cap it with, uh, there's a guy who did a, a project with um, Mega Ren recently, like within the past few months. I wanna say his name is Novelist, and if I said that incorrectly, that's on me. Um, but I heard one song and I said, I'm sold. And that, it, you know, <laughs> for me, that takes a, a lot. But when I heard, I heard one song by this man, one verse, and I said, I'm a fan for life. So those, those five. And uh, I'm sure when I get off this call, I'll have five more. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like me. It's like whenever I hear a song that I love on the radio, it's like, oh, that's my song. Oh, that's my song. It's to the point now yep. where my dad's just like, you when you say your song, it's just supposed to be one. And I'm like, no, I don't just have one song. I don't. Yep. Like I have And it can change during the day. Exactly. And then not even just change. It's just like, how can you how can you just pick one favorite song? There's so many. Yeah, it's impossible. It's just too many. See, I know in my top five um rappers, I think I like to do just I think I know Kendrick Lamar is number one. That's okay. just my that's okay. my number one. J. Cole is my number two. Um oh, great. Wale is my number three. LA is great. Even though he has a special place in my heart because, you know, he's tied to wrestling and he's just, you know, that <laughs> he's the ambassador of rap and wrestling to me. And I just love him. I saw him, I saw him live. I saw him live, you know, before the pandemic hit and it was just so great. That was the last concert. Yeah. And it was a great concert. Um, I think my number four is Drake. <laughs> and I know that's kind of unpopular Drake, yeah. to say amongst rap people, but I love Drake. I just love you him. You can't you have to give Drake his credit. Like, there's there's no one doing what Drake is doing, and there's no one that has done what Drake has done. There's, you have to give Drake his credit. Yes, and of course, and then I definitely love Megan because I just love Megan as a person. And I kind of yes. like her, yes. but definitely I love her and how solid she is as a person. So those those are kind of like my top five. But like you said, they could change, you know, depending on the yeah. Day. Yeah. Um. Just waiting for. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a quick. I don't think this is public, <laughs> but a huge fan of Meg Thee Stallion, Mr. Malachi Black. What? Fact, 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 fact. That's oh all I god. can say. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I have been in many car rides with this man and he plays all types of music. I mean, of course, you know, as you would expect, metal, um, plays a lot of hip hop. He played a Dolly Parton track for me once. Like he yes. has a, such a beautiful wide range of music. And uh, what is this song? Dang it. Hands on my knees. That song. Yeah, Thought-ish. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm talking like like lyrical breakdowns. <laughs> like Malachi Black was 
it thoroughly enjoys Meg. And I had a wonderful conversation about that with So it was, yeah, very cool. Very yeah, cool. That, that's an exclusive. <laughs> oh my God, it's a Hardy that Wrestling exclusive. Podcast exclusive. Oh, that's I'm going to share that. And it's going to be so funny about that. <laughs> that's going to be one of the best conversations I've ever had. So who are yes. some of your, who are some of your favorite, you know, wrestlers personally as well? Um, Male or Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. Pete Dunn is just one of those people who has the complete package of in the ring, on the mic, the look, the entrance, all of it. Uh, Bianca Belair, Keith Lee, same things. Um, I just started getting a bit more into AEW. Um, there's so many people that I could that I could list from there. Uh, Orange Cassidy, um, Darby Allen. There's a lot of people. There's like this is always the the, the difficult thing of how do you just not say everybody? But <laughs> Drew McIntyre for sure. Um, yeah, there there are a lot, and I'm also a really big fan of a lot of folks over at NXT UK. And, you know, my first weekend with WWE was WrestleMania weekend 20, what, 19. Um, so I had a chance to meet everybody, you know, Cena. Uh, I've seen I've seen everyone. I don't know if I had more goosebumps than seeing, like, all of the NXT UK roster walk in at once with these suits and dresses on. And I'm like, those, they just, just look at them. They're just... They are kings and queens. They walked in like royalty. How can you not like Tyler Bate? Like, uh, yeah. There's there's so many people. Um, another, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I could just go on with, with, with that list on and on and on. But there are a lot of people. Okay, so you mentioned you were at WrestleMania 2019. Did you witness Kofi Kingston win the title? So I was in. You know how they used to do, or maybe they still do it, the watch along. Mm-hmm. Where so I was a part of the watch along with Bianca Belair, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, Pat McAfee, and we were all watching the match from inside. So I wasn't out in the arena, but I was watching it, um, you know, on TV, and I lost my mind. <laughs> like I, I think I got up and it fell. <laughs> like I lost my mind ah i am one of those people who even if i you know at the time if i'm an employee i still want to be a fan don't tell me nothing don't (laughs) show me nothing (laughs) like (laughs) let me experience all of this and of course there are some moments like especially i'm working behind the scenes at nxt like i have to be able to cover certain things but like there are a lot of things that i'm like I don't want to, I can't. I just need to experience it. I need to witness it. I need to be right here. Um, And that was just a beautiful moment. Like, an incredible moment. Yeah, I was at home. Um, Well, yeah, I was at home, but I was, yeah, I was with my boyfriend. And we were watching it. And, okay, here's how my weekend went with it. Um, I was at church the Saturday before WrestleMania and I was so invested in Kofi Kingston winning that I put on a a Ghana 
flag armband <laughs> because I've been to Ghana. Um, I've actually been to Ghana, not an armband, but a wrist. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've actually been to Ghana for study abroad. And, you know, when I found out that that was where he was actually from, I was like, oh, snap, you know, so I wore it to church. <laughs> and this was also the same Saturday I got baptized because I've been baptized twice. I got baptized oh, again wow. that Saturday. And I just okay. went because I just felt like putting that in the atmosphere. And yes. the Sunday he won, I kid you not, when he won and it was one, two, three, I leapt off of the couch, landed on the floor, the wooden floor, mind you. My knees were gone <laughs> and just started yelling and crying. Yes. Because yes. I was crying yes. so hard. And it's so funny because it's just, I mean, and his best, my boyfriend's best friend was there too. She's not a wrestling fan. So this was all new for her. So seeing, she had never seen me react that way to anything. So she was kind of scared. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, he won. And my boyfriend's like, are you okay? Cause I'm on the floor <laughs> at this point. And so he helps me up and I'm crying and I'm hugging him and just crying and crying some more. And I couldn't focus on anything else. Cause it was, I think it was Triple H and Batista after that match. And I'm looking like, I'm spent. <laughs> like, I can't focus. <laughs> There's on nothing that. else. And even like. the women, and even the women main evented too with Becky and Rhonda and Charlotte. And I was happy about that too as a woman. But in my soul, I I, I saw everything I needed to see, and I yeah, didn't see anything yeah. else. <laughs> I remember when Kofi debuted, like. When he debuted, I loved him immediately because he was just happy and he was bouncing around and he had on all the colors and everything. I loved him from jump. So to see him go that far and finally win at the big show and then having Xavier and Biggie there holding him, it just meant the yeah. world to me and their brotherhood and Xavier being doing the Virgo thing and crying just like me. Oh God, it was so wonderful. <laughs> like when I see it's the Xavier ultimate Virgo, like you deserve it moment. Yes, watching Xavier cry made me cry even more. So I'm just like, oh, yep. yeah. Now, I will cherish that for the rest of my life. I feel like the only time I feel like when Bianca won, I also cried. But I, feel I like was in tears. I was a wreck. Oh God, <laughs> a wreck. <laughs> and I was doing a live stream with, for Women's Wrestling Talk when that happened. Like <laughs> I was doing a live stream with them, and I was still yelling and crying. I didn't even care. <laughs> Still didn't care in professional mode, crying. Yeah, Did not care. yeah. But everybody let me have it because it was just there. Now I'm pretty sure if Big E cashes in money in the bank and if he wins a title, I'm gonna cry again. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a hot mess. I'm not gonna have any eyes left. I'm just gonna have to go to <laughs> and just rest. Uh, <laughs> so what does the future hold for you, Josiah Williams? This is wide open. Um. I told this to, to X-Pac recently, uh, you know, I, I was able to, to live a dream in, and not just in WWE, but in a few different places. Um, count Ring of Honor, count, count AEW. Like I was, I've been able to live a dream in a, in a bunch of different ways. On screen, in the show, during the commercial breaks, behind the scenes, like I've had a little taste of almost all of it. Um, I, I believe like if, if there is room and if there's a, a, an opportunity for me to, to bounce back somewhere else, that's great. I've had a, over the past few weeks, I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes for, for another show. 
um, and just and just having fun and really enjoying it. Um, if if that's if that's where God has me, you know, I'm ready for it. But I said if this if that was it, if WWE was was the end, I will be happy because I was able to do something that you know I never thought I would be able to do. Um, and I, I made the most out of every single moment and every single opportunity. Of course, there are moments where I succeeded and there were moments where I failed, but I lived that dream. And uh, it was a very fun, very enjoyable, very educational, life-changing, fun ride. Um, so who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but what I do know is that wrestle and flow over the next couple of years is going to be thriving. Um, there are a lot of amazing ideas that I have in the works, a couple that are completed, a couple that will take literally years to complete. Um, but there are some really, really, really cool things that I want to be able to do, not just from the standpoint of putting out a song and you know getting people to, to watch it or share it or whatever, but um, from a merchandise standpoint, um, I have a series that's that's dedicated to um, black entertainment, black fans, black wrestlers, the culture that um, I'm very, very, very excited about. And when the time is right, we'll we'll unleash that to the world. Um, but ultimately, I just want to create work and create art whether it's viewable, wearable, shareable, whatever it is that educates and uplifts people and gives people something positive to see. Um, so we'll see where that'll end up, whether that's in the world of wrestling, whether that's with Nickelodeon. I have no idea. Um, I'm, just, I'm gonna figure out something and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Well, Josiah, thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. I have enjoyed our conversation. Um, <laughs> so tell everyone where they can follow you and find you and just, you know, support your brand and your music and all of the above. Put yourself over. Well, first of all, to the many fans of the HWP, thank you so much for taking your time to, to listen. Um, continue to support, continue to share, and continue to be a part of this beautiful community. Um, you can find my work by either searching Josiah Williams, J. Dean Williams, my middle name is Dean, or just Wrestling Flow on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, my website, J. Dean Williams. Um, you can go on WWE.com. You can go to Peacock and be able to still see some of the stuff that Wrestling Flow has uh, infiltrated in the professional wrestling world, specifically the world of wrestling entertainment. Um, yeah, there's, 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 there's so much you can get into. Just hopefully you don't find anything crazy from when I was in college and shaved my head bald. <laughs> we gonna leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna leave that alone. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Okay, so I was sitting with my friends one day and they asked me, Stephanie, how do you record your podcast? And I said, with the Anchor app on my phone. And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it's that simple. It is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. And it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. They even have classes and stuff that you can listen to that will give you all kinds of good tips on what you need to do in order to make the best podcast. So if you want to do this, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. All right, so I want to thank Josiah Williams, a.k.a. Russell and Flo, for coming on my show. It was such a huge honor to have the person who's responsible for the greatest theme song of all time (laughs) on my show. Like, it was such a great conversation, and I hope you got a lot out of that conversation while listening to it as well. So, next week, I'm going to be having an episode with Shalance Royale, who's going to be um, a part of the Belladonna Division um, Genesis 2 in Gaston Alabama. If you haven't gotten your tickets, please buy your tickets on the belladonnadivision.com. Um, it's going to be at the Gaston Mall, just like the last one was. So please, you know, support it in any way, shape, or form you can. Also, Next week, I'm going to make my Fight TV debut on Women's Wrestling Talk with my um, host and fearless leader, TK Trinidad, and we will be interviewing Eva Lise. So please check that out um, on Fight TV um, and just continue to support this podcast. Please follow me um, at Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and follow me on Twitter at Hardy WrestlePod. And you can also follow me at Queen Steph Hardy on Instagram and Twitter. So with that in mind, thank you so much for continuing to support me and this podcast um and until next time i hope you're being as safe as you possibly can while everything is going crazy right now and to just hold on to who you are and love everyone around you because stuff is crazy so please love everyone around you while you can and be as healthy as you possibly can so until next time this is the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy bye y'all say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.